Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Jump Seat Podcast. As always, my name is Chris Glass. I'm a product owner here with Flight Aerospace, and today I am with... Ryan Pepper. I'm also product owner at Flight. Ryan, welcome to the pod. Thank you. I thought it would be a really good time for us to uh, get to know your product fuel sense, get to know a little bit about yourself, uh, where you came from, and how uh, how you landed on this product and, and where you see it going in the future. Yeah, so my background is in flight dispatch. Uh, I spent many years as a dispatcher, uh, as a manager of dispatch, and uh, eventually uh, working on the fuel council uh, for uh, a major uh, Canadian airline. So tell me a bit about that fuel council, because uh, I was able to experience that with you and, and saw some of the challenges, but walk me through what that looked like. So uh, what the major goal obviously was, was to reduce fuel burn at the airline and, uh, and thus expenses. Uh, we took on many different initiatives, uh, brought in many different groups from around the airline to try to collaborate on, uh, on some of the more complex ways in which an airline can save fuel. Now, what was some of the challenges with that fuel council? I remember it being a very manual process, but can you elaborate on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, obviously, there are competing priorities uh, which govern many of the different groups, so that was uh, a challenge, the first challenge to overcome. Uh, there was also the problem of acquiring the data to make uh, the objective decisions right. that you needed to make, and sometimes that could take quite a while to get the data. It could be a challenge to get data. It could be incomplete or incorrect. Yeah, I, I do remember a lot of manual charts, a lot of Excel spreadsheets, uh, a lot of things like that uh, that uh, didn't necessarily happen in real time. All right. So when we were back in the fuel council, I, I remember access to information being uh, very difficult. Could you walk me through the process it took at that airline to get data off the plane and and into the hands of people who can make decisions? Yeah, absolutely. So the process was um, that uh, the data lived on the aircraft and needed to be manually removed from the aircraft uh, on a regular cycle by maintenance staff. Uh, they would replace a memory card, uh, put the memory card into uh, an envelope with a bunch of other memory cards. Uh, when beneficial, send it off uh, for, to the headquarters for analysis. Uh, that would then be inputted in, in put into a computer. Uh, and then, and only then was it available. And, and that delay could be up to five or six months from the time that the flight landed until the day was available for analysis. Wow. So uh, event happens on the plane, it gets recorded on the cards, and then it would sit on somebody's desk and you'd collect enough of those cards, send them back to the, the base that actually filed them, and you'd be looking at at least four to six weeks at best for that information to come off. Uh, what do we have in the hopper here at flight that could help with that? Yeah, absolutely. So the analysis end of the product, so FuelSense, um, brings all the data together uh, to be able to um, visually display uh, the different fuel savings initiatives uh, that airlines employ. And then how do we go about getting... Uh, getting this information faster to avoid downloading the cards, sending the cards, dealing with that whole process. That sounds like it's labor intensive and it sounds like it's time intensive. How can I cut that out? 
Yeah. Um, so uh, there are a number of different ways you can. The, the most efficient is a wireless QAR program. Uh, so Flight's answer to this problem is uh, is the AFERS Edge product, uh, which is able to instantly transfer uh, the all of the QAR data from the 717 bus, the FDR, and, and the FMS, the, the 429 bus, uh, instantly upon uh, the aircraft landing. So I'm saying plane takes off, flies to the city, lands, the moment it lands, that data gets transmitted, and we're able to consume it and make a decision based on that? Precisely. Wow, that's a much better uh, way of doing things in the, the old-fashioned way. Absolutely, it is. Excellent. What else, what else can FuelSense do in combination with a product like the Edge? Uh, so what uh, FuelSense does is takes the QAR data uh, in and displays the information uh, in various fuel uh, savings initiatives, uh, be they pilot initiatives or um, ground operations, which typically is actually quite difficult even for uh, a lot of wireless QAR programs. Uh, flight's advantage is that, that data is always being recorded. Uh, so we do have full visibility on the complete turn of the aircraft on the ground. And if you have that in real time, you can give that information out and make decisions based around that. You sure can. How successful was that fuel council? Were you able to remove uh, expenses from that airline? Yeah, absolutely. We were. Uh, we managed to save a, a, a fair amount of fuel, uh, but many of the challenges resulted in uh, the fact that we were not able to save as much fuel as we wanted. Right. Now, uh, for an airline of... Um, 100 or so aircraft, can you give me an idea of what kind of spend that airline would be looking at as an overall fuel bucket? Yeah, sure. So um, likely close to uh, up to a billion dollars in spend, depending so, on the aircraft size, obviously. So behind uh, buying the aircrafts themselves and getting people to operate them, that's a massive operating expense. Yeah, typically about 30% of the airline's total budget. Now, how, how much could we save if we, uh, not changing anything to do with safety or any any sort of the third rails of airlines, uh, but what is the, I guess, variable spend on fuel? What are we looking at? Uh, you're probably looking at realistically about a half a percent to 4%, and that's dependent entirely on how the airline uh, is, uh, how far along they are in their fuel efficiency evolution. And what would that translate? Uh, like I said, a billion dollar company uh, on fuel, what would that look like? Yeah, up to $40 million. $40 million by simply focusing on initiatives that they can control. Exactly. Excellent. Now, I know a lot of continuous improvement groups with, uh, with airlines focus on staffing. They focus on um, uh, providing a cheaper product, uh, those sort of things. The advantage to this is this is just completely controllable costs. Exactly. Right. So what what sort of initiatives would be looking at tackling uh, with FuelSense? Before, before we get into the demo, why don't we just talk about uh, the separate initiatives and, and why they're important? Yeah, absolutely. So there's three main areas of fuel efficiency. There are pilot procedures, so things that pilots can do uh, to fly the airplane more fuel efficiency while still maintaining safety. Uh, there's ground operations, so uh, maintaining the most efficient ground operation typically results in, in a lower fuel bill. And there's also the uh, cost of carriage aspect and the flight planning aspect, so reducing uh, the uh, unnecessary carrying of fuel uh, that gets burned in order to carry the fuel. Right. 
Right. So let's let's start out with the flight procedures. You want to walk me through what those are and uh, and how we could institute change there? Yeah, absolutely. So IATA came out with a document that highlights uh, seven different areas of fuel efficiency uh, for pilot best practices. And that's what we've built into the product is the ability to automatically monitor your success on all of those initiatives. Excellent. And then when we're talking about ground procedures, uh, that's a little bit more complicated than than what goes on in the cockpit because there's more moving parts, correct? Absolutely. So you have many different air, uh, departments at an airline that uh, that need to move in the same direction in order to enact fuel savings. So the primary objective there is to reduce the APU fuel uh, burn and then uh, the fuel burn associated with an aircraft that isn't met on time at the gate. Ah, yes, the unmet aircraft. Uh, If anybody travels and you're on the end of a six-hour flight and you stop short of the gate because the ground crew wasn't ready or because something wasn't there, that's not only annoying, that costs you fuel, right? Uh, Absolutely, and on-time performance. So if that's a tight turn, then uh, you're already impacting the next flight. Excellent, excellent. And a little bit about the weight on board. You you touched on that. Uh, we've all heard the famous stories about removing one sandwich or a Coke can or something like that. But fuel has a much bigger impact, does it not? Uh, it does, uh, simply because uh, airplanes burn a, a large amount of fuel. So to uh, carry fuel for various events uh, that might be irregular for the flight uh, or the potential for irregular events to occur uh, can add up to quite a bit. Typically on a, on a jet, you're looking roughly 3.5% per hour. So if you're carrying 1,000 pounds of fuel, you're going to burn 35 pounds every hour just for the privilege of carrying that. So the weight of the fuel costs you more to carry the fuel. Absolutely. And we're not advocating removing uh, any additional fuel. It's just providing airlines with the data to make objective decisions on when and how much fuel to carry. So more about making sure you have the right fuel on board. Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. Now, with with the way the world is, uh, we talk about carbon taxes, we talk about uh, fuel emissions, uh, sorry, uh, carbon emissions. Um, can you give me some idea of how you think the world is changing? Uh, and I know in Europe, they're coming out with some very prescriptive rules around uh, flight emissions and, and that kind of thing. So can you uh, elaborate on any of that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Europe already has the emissions training scheme, uh, wherein airlines must pay for the emissions that are burned. Uh, ICAO is also looking at a, a similar program. Uh, it's opt-in right now. Uh, the way uh, these types of uh, guidance materials usually go is that that soon becomes a regulation uh, prompted by political forces, typically, yeah. uh, whereby now uh, the emissions are going to cost airlines more. Right. So it doesn't only make sense from a uh, cost for oil or uh, fuel, per se. It makes sense from the cost of carbon and the cost of doing business in some of these countries. Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Out of curiosity, would you be able to uh, walk us through one specific initiative and the changes that could be made? Like uh, if we could start with uh, reduced flap landing, for example, what would that look like? 
Uh, yeah, so basically the idea behind a reduced flap landing initiative is to employ the lowest flap setting, the least drag flap setting required to land the aircraft safely. And uh, so what the airline has the ability to do is for any given aircraft type is to set the optimal flap setting uh, and then the, the penalty for not using the optimal flap setting uh, can be calculated and then displayed as, uh, as a success or a penalty. Excellent. So by providing that information real time to uh, airline clients, they're able to make sure their pilots are, are following those procedures that are laid out in real time. Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. And then with the ground handling side of things, what are the different moving parts that we need to be concerned with? Yeah. So ideally, when an air, uh, airplane arrives at the gate, uh, the ground power is plugged in and uh, optionally, dependent on conditions, the, uh, the uh, conditioned air is added as well uh, to be able to allow the crew, the flight crew, to shut down the APU. So typically within a minute or two of arriving, uh, the pilot has the ability then to, uh, to discontinue that fuel burn. Uh, then uh, when the aircraft is ready to go, be that 20 minutes later or, or eight hours later, uh, the pilot is then thus turning on the APU again to get ready for the departure. So what we aim to do uh, with this initiative is to show um, how much fuel is being burned and then to give them guidance on uh, how they can maximize the time that the APU is not on uh, during the turn. We had a fascinating conversation this afternoon while talking about uh, APU and APU burn. Uh, it's not only the expense of the fuel for APU, am I correct? There's also a maintenance penalty for running the APU unnecessarily. Absolutely, and that can uh, run quite a tally, actually, if you're looking at you know, a, a major airline with uh, many thousands of flights uh, a year. Um, there's a recurring cost to every time an APU is cycled, um, and then the, the maintenance and overhaul and replacement all costs time and, uh, and cost money to, to replace and to keep the inventory for those parts. Excellent. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us today, Ryan, talking about uh, fuel sense and the controllable fuel burn that our airlines and airlines around the world uh, face. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Excellent. We'll be back with more great episodes of The Jump Seat uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. We have some excellent guests coming, and we look forward to continuing the conversation. We're going to see you again real soon here at The Jump Seat. Thanks for listening to The Jump Seat. Catch the next episode on your favorite streaming platform and follow us on LinkedIn at Flight.